can follow along in your Bibles. I'm going to be using the New American Standard Bible this, this morning. I love that translation. And it says this. This is Paul speaking to the church at Corinth, which was a church that had a lot of issues going on. God was moving, but also the enemy was moving in a great way. So look what it says here. Paul says, but earnestly desire the greater gifts. And he just talked about and had just given a whole litany of spiritual gifts that were available to the church in order to build up the body. And he says, but earnestly desire the greater gifts. Someone say greater gifts. He says, and I show you a still more excellent way. So there's something even greater than greater gifts. So let's see what that is. Randall, let's keep going. Randall. It's all right. First Corinthians 13, one here. I'll read it out of my text here. I've got it. If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Someone say love. This is a love thing here. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. Someone say it's about love. Now look at the next thing he says. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Now, this is this is familiar as, as we talk about this, and you'll hear this read at a lot of weddings. <laughs> but let me tell you something. This is not just just wedding material. This is life material. Now, look what it says here. Love is patient. Love is kind and is not jealous. Love does not brag and it's not arrogant. It does not act unbecomely. It does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things and endures all things. And then at the end of that passage in verse 13, it says this, and and Paul makes a very profound statement. But now faith, hope, love, abide, these three. But the greatest of these is, say it, love. Let's pray together over the word. Father, we thank you for your word because your words are life. Lord, I thank you that your words contain power. There is an anointing, a grace upon them that even as we we declare them together as a church family, Lord, those words go out and they accomplish the work for which they were sent. So, Father, I ask you to speak today. I ask you, Lord, as we make room, Father, for you to move. Father, I just ask you to be at home and to be yourself. And to do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. All right, you can be seated. I would encourage you because we're not going to spend a lot of time talking today. I really feel like we we need to do something different this morning. But so uh, you, you're free to take notes and all, but don't don't get too caught up in that because I really wanted to share some things with you that I think are going to help you. And I want to talk to you in terms of this word inconvenience. We'll have that on the screen. We're talking about inconvenient love. Last week we talked about inconvenience or inconvenienced, where we talked about the fact that the gospel is not convenient. Being a Christian. I want everybody to look at me just for a minute. I know there's a lot of books out there sort of in the Christian life category, like it's sort of a self-help smorgasbord when you go into a Christian bookstore. But I want you to know something that even though there are books that have titles that make it seem like all I need to do is become a Christian 
and all of my life is going to be amazing. All I need to do is become a Christ follower, and everything's going to be great from here on out. How many of you would testify in honesty that as a Christ follower, everything has not always been great from the day you got born again? Could I see your hands? All right, some of you are on strong faith this morning. Either you're not a Christian or, or you're in faith, so that's okay. We know this, that all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. We know that Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, he said, that I may know him, that I may know Christ, that I may be literally, he says, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. We don't like that word. In fact, we almost muffle, (laughs) you know, sufferings, you know. Let me tell you something. God has ordered our steps. And let me tell you something. The Lord uses everything in our life. Amen. Literally everything. But I want to say something about the gospel. It is inconvenient to do the Christian life if you're going to look like Jesus. Now, we all come together on Sunday morning. I put on a suit and a tie and my wife likes it a lot. So I I do it. So because she likes it and I like her to like me. So. So I'm going to dress up and but at the end of the day, I mean, I mean, seriously, yesterday it was, you know, shorts and, and tennis shoes and a T-shirt and kicking the ball in the backyard with my daughter. I mean, it's just real life. So we all clean up pretty good when we come together. But let me tell you something. All of us have come in here knowing that something about our Christian life this week, if we're following Jesus, has cost us something. It is The utmost joy to know that when I die, I'm going to be in heaven with God. I'm going to live forever and I'm going to rule and reign with Christ. It's awesome to know that. Amen. But let me tell you something. In the meantime, on this earth, the Bible says we will have tribulation. We will be persecuted for, for our faith. We will go through stuff. Stuff will happen in your life. There will be days when the bottom drops out. But we have this saying around here. We just say, but God, right? But we do know we're going to go through things. Are you with me here? Life happens. And because life happens doesn't mean you've done something wrong. It just means that you're alive and well. It means you're breathing. It means you've got blood running through your veins. It means you have breath in your lungs. And so because of that, while we're on this earth, by the way, even though we are being redeemed in Christ, you you do know the earth has not yet been fixed. Right. The Bible even says it groans. Oh, we've seen that recently of Japan and other places where the earth is literally groaning in travail. The Bible says it's, it's, it's longing for a time when when there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. But in the meantime, we've got to deal with what we have. Amen. And it is inconvenient. Now, we like convenient church, do we not? We like convenient Christianity. We love our, our online Bibles. We love the fact that with a few clicks of the mouse, I could get the greatest preachers on the planet with just a few clicks of a mouse on my computer. With a few clicks of the mouse, I can be listening to, to Hillsong, to Kurt Franklin. I can be listening to, to any kind of teaching, preaching, worship. I can do with just because we like things convenient. We forgot what it was like to actually have to slip in an eight track into it eight track player hit it a few times so it would actually work and hope you didn't jostle something loose that couldn't be fixed the day when you pulled it out and the tape stayed in the player come on because you didn't clean the head come on now some some of you don't know what i'm talking about it's okay 
But we're in such a convenient age that now I can throw my entire music collection onto a very tiny... I can throw it... My phone does everything because it's convenient. I can throw my entire music collection on my phone. I can surf the internet, the world wide web on my phone. So we know we like it convenient. Amen? But let me tell you something about the Christian life. It's inconvenient at the end of the day. The trappings, the outer, the access to things may be convenient, but at the end of the day, to follow Jesus will cost you. And if a teacher or a preacher did not tell you that, shame on them. Because while maybe some of the peripherals are easy to access and get to, the heart of the matter in that following Jesus, let me just say something, to follow Christ could cost you your life. To follow Christ could cost you your comfort. To follow Jesus could cost you your safety. To follow Jesus could cost you your convenience. Now, I want to share some things about love that's important. Let's go ahead and throw the definition of inconvenient up here and see if this rings a bell. Trouble or difficulty caused to one's personal comfort. Trouble, difficulty, or discomfort. That's is what inconvenience is. I want to say something about love. Love is inconvenient. To follow Jesus and to walk in love is an inconvenient thing. Now, love recognizes this. Now, I want to say something. Love recognizes inconvenience as an opportunity. Someone say opportunity. As an opportunity to demonstrate the kingdom of God. That's the kingdom's domain again. In action. Inconvenience as a Christian is an opportunity. When the phone rings and I see who it is and I know it's a crisis, let me tell you something. I have a responsibility. You know what that responsibility is? Answer the phone. As a follower of Jesus, I do not have an entitlement, a right to select who is going to step into my life. Because let me tell you something. Every problem that steps into my life is an opportunity to let love reign. Driving to Dallas this afternoon is inconvenient. And the first time we solicited for people to go to Dallas, we we had 49 people go to Dallas. Second time we had 32. This last time we couldn't get hardly anybody to go. Why? Let me. Can I be loving? Can I love you? Can I be a daddy? Because it's inconvenient. And everything's fun at first. Am I speaking the truth? Everything feels good the first couple of times. My gosh, it's a mission trip. Woohoo! We're going to go to Baylor. We're going to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's fun and it's exciting and there's energy. And then you get to go to your school this next week. And is it going to be fun and exciting? Is you going to have energy? Amen. Chris says, I'm going to keep you accountable to that too. Chris is like, "Uh uh-huh, I'm ready. Everything feels good at first, but let me tell you something. Inconvenience will step in, and if you are not compelled by love, controlled by love, let me tell you something, the adrenaline will wear off. And you will have to depend on not the feeling of love, but the commitment of love, the discipline of love. Now, let me share some, some things with you that love does. Love's response to inconvenience is faith. 
When something comes along my way and I cannot see a way, I cannot see how that can be overcome. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know how, how that can be done. Let me tell you, love responds in faith and says, you know what, brother, things are going to get better. Every Sunday morning I get here, I know that I'm going to talk to three or four people that are going through a horrible time. They are going through a difficult season. Let me tell you something. When you share that stuff with me, it doesn't bring me down. It stirs my faith up. So don't ever feel like, oh, Pastor Jimmy, he's going to be preaching a little bit. I can't, I can't share my heart with him, so I'm fine, Pastor. Great. How's your week? Awesome. Great. No, no, no. Maybe you've had a horrible week, and maybe you just need to leak out a little bit and be honest and say, it's been tough. Now, I don't need the details. Give me the Reader's Digest version. That's all I need to get my faith going. Amen? But when we show up here, I mean, you, it's okay to say it's been tough. I'm fighting the good fight of faith. I'm having a hard time. It's okay because, because love responds in faith. Does that make sense? Here's another one. Love's response to inconvenience is prayer. Because now my responsibility is not just to get my faith up for you and on your behalf and on this, on this situation. Now it's my responsibility is to pray. Not just to say, well, well, God bless you. Be warmed and fed. Hope you have a hope you have a better week. No, now I've walked off from you, and I do this all the time. Sometimes when I'm here, and even in the meet and greet, we get a little moment. You, How you doing? Oh, it's been t- I can just see the look on your face. I walk off going, Lord bless them. Lord bless them. Strength, Lord. Courage, strength, faith. Give them hope. Maybe something we do here today, inspire hope in them. So love's response to inconvenience is to pray. Let me tell you something. Jesus was serious when he quoted the Old Testament when God through the prophets said this, my house shall be called a house of what? And it is the thing we do the least of. Pastor Rice Brooks was telling us a story. They had a guest speaker in from Africa. Oh, let me tell you something. Afrikaans know how to pray. You know why? Because that's all they have. And they had this brother in, and, and he, had, he had seen people raised from the dead. I mean, he just, I mean, the stuff that we think is okay for Africa, but not America. Come on, can I be real? See, we think it's okay if it's happening over there, and we get excited when a missionary tells a story. But if somebody says it happens around here, we all fall into unbelief. Is that not the truth? Okay, just being honest, here we go. So he gets up there, and they, they're going to have a nice little worship service. So they have their songs. They're singing, I'm a friend of God. You know, they're singing. They have a good time. And then he gets up to preach, they think. Yeah, I remember Steve Merle telling this story. He got up, and you know what he did? He got up on the stage, just like I am, and he did this. And for a solid hour, he prayed. <laughs> Now, if I prayed for an hour, about five minutes into it, people start getting restless. If I get, went 15, somebody would walk out. If I looked up after an hour, this place may be empty, and I may be, it may just be me and God, you know. What I'm saying is that because he just said it doesn't matter about our culture of convenience, what matters is the love of God, and he wanted to see a move of God in Brentwood, Tennessee, and so he gets on his knees and for a solid hour prays. You know what happened? The glory of God fell on that place. And God moved and lives were changed. So our our response to inconvenience, if we're walking in love, it should be to pray. We're going to pray here in a minute. All right. Last one. Love's response to inconvenience is this. It's ministry. 
It's ministry. Let me say something about a waitress who comes up to your table and randomly spills her guts about her horrible, stinking life. She's not looking for a tip. That is a divine appointment that God has given you to share life and to minister. So many of us, though, are not thinking missionally. In other words, when we go to eat, we're not on mission. We're there to eat. That's our mission. (laughs) Amen. Round two, please. And I'll have one of those (laughs) molten chocolate things. You know, I mean, we, we got our mind on a mission, but it's not the mission. But when we are missional in nature, when we are people that they're compelled by love, we know that that at any given moment, we have to be instant in season out ready. in. we know that a, a waitress who opens her heart or a waiter who opens his heart is not doing it because they're looking for a tip. They're looking for help. They're looking for something. And there may be something about the aroma of Christ on your family or on your life that compelled them. The love of Christ compels. It compelled them to open up. A few weeks ago, we were eating at at a place and uh, we were with with Jack and Nora Dunn and we were just having a sweet time. This guy was playing music and it was really cool and, and awesome. And and, and he came over to our table and I just there was a there, I was compelled to reach out to him, compelled to just ask him questions about his music and compelled. And, and I, I wasn't and I don't mean this in a bad way. I wasn't overly interested in his music. I was interested in him and I knew I had a contact point with him. And so my mission was not just to eat and have a great time visiting with Jack and Nora. My mission was that young man, because the love of Christ compelled me to say something to him. Because I saw something in him. And so we took a few minutes and it ended up being an amazing little moment right there. Right there at Natural Foods, wasn't it, Jack? Just an amazing God moment. Short, concise, but love one. And now that, that, that he's, he's Facebooking me. He wants to come hang out. He's like, like a puppy dog now. He, he just, and I don't mean that in a, in a condescending way. He's, just, he's attracted to the life. He's attracted. And God's working in his life. And some things are happening. Love's response to inconvenience is ministry. Are you re- Let me just ask every person here. Are you ready? Would you be able to pray for a waitress if she had need? Would you be able to pray for a Walmart employee if you walked up and they were like, oh, my gosh. Oh, I hate this job. I hate this life. Ah, it sucks. I don't get off till six. You know, I mean, I've been here for three hours. I'm dying. I mean, would you be ready? Would you be ready? Are you equipped? Let me tell you something. You are if you've been around here. You may be equipped, but are you ready to love people through faith, through prayer, through ministry? Last thing, we'll finish with this. Love goes where others will not go to share the gospel. It's the good news. That's what the gospel is. The love of Christ to those who may or may not want it. See, that's when, it, that's when this gets all inconvenient, when you're sharing your faith with somebody and they're kind of giving you the, I don't know about that. Nah, I don't know. You know, I, I, no, I, I've been to church. I'm a member at, get that a lot in Abilene. That doesn't mean they're a Christ follower, folks. Everybody's a member of a church in Abilene. That doesn't mean they're following Jesus. It's a religious town. I want to show you a video, and I want to set it up just a little bit. It's just—it's about four or five minutes, and, and then we're going to end with ministry here today. But this, this video is of a young man who, three days before this video was shot, 
he he was a uh, he's he's a youth youth minister. He go, does mission trips into third world countries, and he goes into a village and he gets caught in a civil war situation among some very dangerous people. Now, some of the things he's going to say are graphic. I'm just letting you know that right now. Uh, and, and and but I want you to hear the heart because love compels us to go into places where they may or may not want it. And then at the end of this video, you're going to hear what love sounds like in this scenario. So let's go ahead and turn the lights down. I want you to turn your attention to the screen. But God is always good, and He's doing many good things for us. And, and I can't believe that 
Love is inconvenient, and it always costs. And I want to ask the worship team to come on up, and I want I want them to begin to play. And what I want to do is, I'm not going to have everybody stand up. We're not going to take a long time to do this. But I felt like the Lord's been saying to me for a while that we need to make room to minister. Make room to minister. They have enough information. But we need to, uh, we need to, as we've invited God to come, we need to now allow God to move. And so what I want to do is I want to just, I'm going to let Josh start to play behind us and the team can just begin to flow behind us. And we're going to take a few minutes to pray for any need that you might happen. You know what? This is inconvenient. Yeah, we're in church and all that. But here's the deal. If I desire to see you have the sensitivity and the love and the compassion to pray for people in the community, to pray for people that you work with, to have the courage and to throw off inconvenience because you love people so much that you just can't help yourself. Then we have to start right here and throw off what's easy, throw off what's convenient, throw off what, what's comfortable, and minister life right here. <laughs> 